As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences Each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by NFL Network's Stacey Dales. As an Olympian and former WNBA player, Stacey talks about staying in shape on the road as much for her mental health as her physical health. She also talks about the importance of bringing what she learns to fans why transcribing helps her preparation, her career journey, and so much more. This is a candid and fun episode, so let's get to it. Stacy, welcome to Get My Job. I'm so excited you can join me today. Uh, I am super pumped to be with you, Trace, and get to see you uh, as we do this chat. And it's crazy how um, our industry has brought all of us together, all, mm -hmm. all of us women together, Mm -hmm. And I get to see you on the West Coast when I'm out there. So not yes, enough, yes. but I'm so honored and flattered to be on your pod. Well, I am honored and flattered that you said yes. Uh, Stacey and I met in the beautiful media workroom at Levi Stadium. I think was it, play it was playoff time. It was Green Bay. It was the week before Green Bay or after? The week I after cannot. when they the were getting after. ready. The Niners were getting ready for the NFC Championship uh, against yes. their in-division rival, the LA Rams. Mm -hmm. And... I, we all kind of snagged a lunch and you were so kind, Tracy, to come over and say hello and oh, welcome thanks. me to the West Coast because I do live in the Chicago area. Although mm -hmm. I've covered the NFL for a long time, um, I always love meeting my fellow counterparts in the business, especially women who are so amazing like yourself. So, oh, well, thank you. yeah, so you were super nice to me and I'm, you know, here we are. And here we are. So we're going to talk about You said you've been covering the NFL a long time. So we are going to talk about your career. You were an Olympian. You were, a, you were a WNBA. I mean, you've done like 
everything. Uh, and now you cover the NFL. So I would love if you could kind of take us through your professional journey. And I don't know if you want to do it with your time as an athlete and then how you moved into journalism, really, however you want to share your story with us. We'll be excited to hear. Yeah. I just think it's all been such a unique domino effect, right? Mm -hmm. I am originally from Canada and when I was 17, so I was just a baby. I went to the university of Oklahoma where I played basketball, tore my ACL, which pushed me there for an extra year. So I was in Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma for five years. And then I was drafted to the WNBA. And that journey took me to Washington, D.C., where I became a mystic. Okay. And sort of simultaneous to that, Tracy, um, ESPN was seeking or looking for a female studio presence to analyze basketball. Okay. And there were several of us that auditioned, and my audition went well, so I went for a second. And there my TV career began very humbly at ESPN. And so I was there for approximately seven and a half years. It was an amazing okay. journey. I learned just I can't even express the amount of knowledge I gained in, in that seven and a half years covering, gosh, everything from women's college basketball to men's college basketball to the NBA to Little League World Series to the great outdoor games. I mean, you name it. It was awesome and vast college football, of course. And um, to make a long story short, I, I was just really burnt out. I was all of that happening in my 20s. I mm -hmm. needed to take a year off. And mm -hmm. I needed to reassess life as just a young person, really not knowing who I was, because I think in our twenties, we really, we don't know. Even, mm -hmm. even into our thirties, we're still really searching for that journey and, and the purpose for what we're doing. Um, and after that year, the NFL network called me. So lo and behold, <laughs> <laughs> I'm now entering my 14th season in, in the NFL, and I couldn't be more grateful for the journey. And I've certainly experienced some other, you know, experience, experienced some other, you know, um, opportunities with other networks, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's been, you know, NBC, uh, CBS, um, gosh, I think it may be ABC in there at some point, but it's been really cool. And, um, now at this stage in my career, I just kind of look back very humbly and gratefully for it. So I want to talk a minute about taking the year off because I think it's really important. And I think especially now in this world of social media and how we're always on, and that's a lot of, you know, what, what we have to do. And you know, social media is obviously a beat reporter, but social media is a large part of what I do. So I feel like a lot of times the pressure to be on. Uh, and I, I think it's pretty amazing that at that point you could say, you know what, I'm burned out mm -hmm. and I need to take a break and I need to give myself that time. Could you talk about kind of what went into the decision and how helpful it was. And for some of our younger listeners uh, who are looking to get into sports, it's like maybe they can't take a year off, but taking that time that says, you know what, on Saturdays, I'm out, I'm yeah. done, I'm offline I'm for two days, whatever it is, um, and, and how important that is. Well, I think we're all so driven in what we do. I mean, I am, I'm an overworker. I always mm -hmm. have been um, an overachiever. I've always strived for perfection, though perfection isn't possible. So the reality of that, the realization of that is critical. But at that time in my life, it was so many years ago. I mean, we're talking about 16 years ago, which ages me, which is okay too, because as we age, we gain wisdom. And um, 
I was playing professional basketball while I was doing the TV stuff. So while a lot of the women that I played with went overseas to maintain a 12 month career, 12 month of the year career in basketball, because the WNBA season is roughly, you know, four or five months. Um, I was doing TV on the other side of it. So I can remember Tracy going to do a men's college basketball game. And let's say it was, you know, Wake Forest, North Carolina or Duke or something like that. And going in, meeting with the coaches, doing all the media, you know, duties that we go through to gather information for the game and then going with my shoes and a basketball to an auxiliary gym and Mm -hmm. training on a college campus for my WNBA season to stay in shape. And so Mm -hmm. I think the culmination of all of that was just for me, um, a lot. And I did retire at one point from playing basketball because of just, you know, there were some things that transpired where my, my love for the game just kind of dissipated. And I thought Mm -hmm. I can't give this to a team if I'm not, my heart's not there. So I retired for a year and came back to Chicago. So I ended up playing in Chicago, living in Chicago. And again, this was all during my twenties. That was just a whirlwind. That was a whirlwind looking back. And I'm, uh, I'm also, as I mentioned in gratitude for it, because through all the ups and downs you go through, those are the things, especially the downs that I think allow us to see what's better and to be better mm-hmm. versions of ourselves. And so I will take all that and I would do it all again if I had to, to get to where I'm at right now. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that Major League Baseball is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So the NFL Network calls, and I want to talk a little about that. You mentioned a lot of sports that you covered with ESPN. The NFL was not one of them. I don't know if it, it was, um, and it didn't get mentioned, but I, I bring that up because I think a lot of times, especially when we're starting our careers, there's a very tunnel vision. I want to cover this sport, but it's important. Like there you covered all these sports, and then the NFL Network called in reps are reps and the sports world, you know, it's important to be ingratiated in all of it. So if you can kind of talk about how that opportunity came about it and how you adjusted to then covering the NFL. So excited. I I think you raise a really important point, Trace, because, you know, I was very fortunate to get those reps and all those different, you know, every time you step into a new platform, it's a new learning experience. Trust me, Mm -hmm. preparing for the great outdoor games and log rolling and dog jumping was a process for me. It was a, it was a learning Mm -hmm. process. You you know, you're, you're telling stories all the same. So as you jump from platform to platform, you're telling stories, but I kind of look at it like my basketball career. If the coach said to me, Stace, I need you to play point guard. And then I need you to go play center for me and jump tip. I would. And I think Mm -hmm. you get a lot of people that get that tunnel vision, whether they're in sports or whether it be in their career where they say, nope, this is what I am. I'm a cornerback. I ain't playing safety. Nope. You're not going to put me at nickel. But if you Mm -hmm. have an open mind to coaching and you have an open mind to teaching, um, you you can play 
and then your heart can go there too. And, and so that's, you know, I never did cover the NFL at ESPN, but my career now is all NFL. And as you know, Trace, it, it is a 365 day a year job, right? We don't have off seasons anymore. And especially when the pandemic hit, we all adjusted, developed home studio offices with lights and microphones and everything that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And we changed and we're going to be forever changed from this pandemic. But I think it's a lesson in life and a blessing in disguise that we kind of look at it and say, well, this part of my life changed. And a lot of people have gone through struggles as I say that because of the challenges mm-hmm. we've been through. Um, but, you know, I personally just try to take all of them and how can we learn from them as blessings in disguise to something greater that can transpire. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And, you know, while I cover the NFL pretty exclusively now, um, I don't know, you know, as I've gone through it and I've learned and built trust around the league and the relationships, um, gosh, if I hadn't had those ESPN days, I probably wouldn't be in this position. So you take all of it and embrace it and move forward to the next, the next step in the journey. As an athlete yourself, how has that helped you to relate to athletes? It's such a great question. And I certainly don't disparage people that I work with that I have tremendous respect for that didn't play sports, but Mm -hmm. I try to take my experiences as a former basketball player. And, and it does help me personally in just being relatable to the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows and the wins and the losses. Cause I've been on both sides of the ledger, right? I've gone through significant winning, you know, programs and franchises as a player to starting a team in the Chicago sky and in its inception. And it's not easy when you're a part of a new, you know, struggling franchise or program. And so, yeah, we, we see athletes all the time that, are in great situations and not so great situations. And I, I just think that is very helpful for me from an empathetic standpoint and just kind of being in the trenches and understanding what goes into game day, right? It's, it's not what you do on Sunday morning. It's what you've done all week. And, you know, as a former athlete, I can kind of relate to that. And it's, it's an important thing to remember because it's, it's really not, it's, um, someone had asked me, it's kind of funny, um, a friend of mine who's, you know, not, not really a sports fan, not really understanding the world of sports, any of it. And she asked me not in a, any sort of bad way. She just didn't know. And she said, why do you have to go to practice every week? Do you just like it? And I was like, oh yeah, it's amazing to watch them run back and forth and do their warm. I can't tell you what a joy that is. Um, <laughs> it's just not, I mean, it's just it's riveting day after day. I love it. Um, and I said to her, well, I said, I know this is going to sound crazy because I'm not playing in the game. But it's the same reason they go to practice. I learned for that game on Sunday, I learned, I do my interviews, I'm watching people, who's hurt, who's not, who's back in, who's not, your body language, all of that. And everything I learned during the week helps me to cover the game on Sunday. She was like, oh, I didn't really think of it that way. And she didn't mean anything by it, but it's kind of an important thing to remember. And I bring that up for our listeners who are starting their journalism careers and how important it is to really put in the time and the work and the effort as it isn't just, Oh, I show up for the game and I watch it and it's super fun. And then that's not, that's not how this goes. Uh, So I think obviously what you said was relating specifically to the athletes, but I kind of wanted to bring it to what 
you know, we're doing as well now and how important that is and how important it is for people to remember it's not all glamour. In fact, most of it's not. It's not at all. It's, it's a grind. And I -hmm. would be doing a disservice to the men and women I cover in my career if I didn't study what they do, their Mm -hmm. crafts to make it my craft to tell the right stories. Like you're exactly right, Tracy. Like when you, when you look at just week, whatever in the national football league, you get one game. It could be on a Thursday. It could be on a Sunday. It could be on a Monday, but whatever game that is I'm covering. I mean, I am listening to every press conference. I am on every press conference, even in the off season, as we are right now, I may be covering the LA Rams as I did this week. And I'm Mm -hmm. watching all those press conferences. And I, the one thing I'm kind of old school, um, I still, I transcribe all my own material. And Mm -hmm. for me, by the time I get to game day and game day could just be a day we're on air. Right. But there's a lead up to that, right? There's a lead up. There's, there's Mm -hmm. three days of preparation or two days of preparation that go into, it might just be a two minute report, but Mm -hmm. when you transcribe, you learn and you Mm -hmm. learn the Mm -hmm. tone, the intonation that comes out of it, the tenor of it. And then how are you going to translate that energy to people who are watching and may jump on Twitter and see a digital hit that you do or um, a report that you do on TV. So it's, um, it's out of complete respect for the business, for what we do as journalists, and then for the teams that we cover. And it's funny because it's that you don't have to, and athletes say this all the time, and they're right, if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And there's there's a lot of truth in that. And so friends like might be in the room with me when I'm doing a radio hit, and they're like, how do you remember mm-hmm. all that? And that's just because that's what I do. I mean, I say like, it's no different than like you studying your case that you're working on or whatever it is you're doing. Like, it, the stay ready so you don't have to get ready is, I mean, I know it's a kind of cliche, but it's very it's true, so true and important to what we do. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's one of my favorite mottos, um, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Like we, you have to, and it goes for everything in life. I mean, it's all right down to how we take care of our bodies, what, how we treat ourselves every day. Um, our mental health, you know, uh, what we're reading, how much social we're on. So, you know, mm-hmm. I try to turn some of that stuff off, like on a Sunday night after my game, I, you know, you're all fired up, you're juiced up with adrenaline because of the day you just had. But sometimes it's important to put your phone in the drawer and, you know, mm-hmm. put the key, <laughs> lock the, lock the drawer and hide <laughs> the key because uh, it, it becomes all encompassing sometimes. But it kind of goes back to trace to what, like you talk about balance and in life and you know, when I left ESPN, which was a really difficult decision to do, but taking that time out to soul, do some soul searching, it, it's cliche, but it's true. And I think we have to do that more before we get to that point where we're, we're at complete burnout or we're at a complete mm-hmm. deficit in our energy and what we are able to give to the people that we love and to ourselves mainly. So, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> As I, as I continue getting older, I continue, you know, these, these ideas continue to become more profound in my mind. Um, but they mm-hmm. certainly help in what we do. There's no doubt about it. Well, you just brought up a really interesting, good point. Uh, you obviously travel a lot mm-hmm. for work. Um, that's something we're all familiar with in this job. And you talked about, you know, how we take care of our bodies, like what, you know, what we do really to take care of ourselves. How do you find that? And I, 
you know, I don't know if I want to use the word balance or whatever it is, but how do you find that time, even this in the busiest of days and weeks kind of for you, especially as an athlete? And that that's probably a big, like I know for myself, if I don't work out for two days, like oh. I'm just mentally, it's not a, it's yeah. not a good scene. So how do you make sure that, that you have that time, even if it's 15 minutes? Uh, it's critical. It's vital to my, my life because, mm-hmm. and I've had so many injuries. So there's one thing right there. If I don't stay mm-hmm. relatively in shape, um, my, the pain in my body goes all wacky. I've already had a back surgery. So there's just a lot of reasons for me to want to, but the most important reason is my mental health. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we are all, every single one of us is fighting some sort of a battle. And it might be small, it might be grand, but there is always something there. And so when I, when I get those, you know, endorphins going and I get on my Peloton, it's, it's such a stress reliever for me, an anxiety reliever, all of the above. And there's days, Hey, shoot, I don't know if I can do it today. I don't know if I can go hop on, but yeah, I can, because I know I'm going to feel better mentally if I get that Mm -hmm. sweat in. And it could just be like you said, for 15 minutes, a 15 minute hit ride is like uh, a cherry on top of something for me. <laughs> yeah, which I think is is great. And that's important, even if it's like taking a walk around the block. So this is actually something I don't ask of, but I think this might be kind of fun for our listeners. Um, what are your travel essentials? Are there a few things you have to pack, you have to have with you or that you just have to schedule oh, in to your time away? I am so anal when it comes to travel. Like I have a packed bag that already has everything ready for every trip, the next trip I'm going on. <laughs> so Fantastic. there's a lot of essentials. That. Like I've got chargers that stay in that bag. Um, mm-hmm. essentials for me, I've got to have my Clorox wipes. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not COVID related, Well, at this, but at this point, I think we all are. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> so, uh, definitely have my, always have cleaning wipes or hand sanitizer, always have my chargers stocked and ready to roll. I always have a, um, a recorder. So a little, you know, one of these guys, I always have one of these guys, Uh Trace, like just in case I get an interview on the phone and I want to make sure I record on it. Um, goodness, what else? I always have, uh, my workout gear packed in my bag for, so my, my carry on bag, I have a pair of shoes that stay in there and, um, they don't smell. So we're good there. Um, (laughs) and yeah, I just, I'm, I'm the first thing I try to do when I get home from a trip, by the way, is I clean my bags because those airports are no joke, right? It it ain't no no joke. And again, it's not COVID related. I'm just a bit of a germaphobe. So I clean everything up, get ready for the next trip. I love that. I I thought that would be like a fun thing, uh, to talk about. Um, are you a, you have your bag that's packed. There are other things too, like, you know, women's essentials. Like we have to have our, I, I have a travel size hair dryer. You just never know when you're going to get caught in the rain. You never know. Right. It's all that stuff. No, it's all that stuff. And it's, and you bring up a good point too. These are things women have to think about that, you know, that men do not. And that's, (laughs) and that's okay. And we can lean into that. Like, I think we need, I was thinking about this yesterday that I think as women, we need to, it's okay for us to have our hair dryer and our makeup packed. And we can lean into that. We are women and that's great. And I got to tell you, you have no idea how many men I work with are like, Hey, Dales, do you have any hairspray? Like they Uh ask me for stuff all the time. Hey, do you got any extra powder? I've given powder to guys. I've given hairspray to guys. (laughs) I've I've lent them my hairbrush. I mean, you, Hey, I'll cut them a bit of slack, but 
they know what's up. They know the deal. They know the drill in the TV world. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, well, as long as we're talking about the t- oh, actually, before we go here, I want to talk about social media for Ooh. a second because I think it, it's it's an important discussion. Uh, obviously, it, it is a big part of our jobs. It's, it's part of what we do. I always like to ask my guests kind of your personal feeling on how you deal with it when there are trolls or they're un- do you just mm-hmm. ignore it? Are you a quote tweeter? I don't think you are because I haven't seen it, but I don't. Yeah. You know, kind of what are your? Thoughts I used on to that? respond. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've been on social media, Twitter, especially for years now, and I'm still not all the way used to it. I'm still not fully used yeah. to it because it is it is such a part of our job. And I've really had to learn, you know, especially with Twitter, that it is a necessary uh, conduit really for information for us. And even mm-hmm. more so, I mean, digitally than sometimes television. So because, mm-hmm. because those things live, right? If you take something you do mm-hmm. trace and you put it up on Twitter, it lives. And in a TV moment, it's here and gone unless there's a rerun, mm-hmm. but, um, right. but it allows your information to live. And, and, you know, we, we like to believe that, you know, I, I feel very, much it, an honor to go cover a team and to be able to bring something that I learned there to fans that love that team. So mm-hmm. I keep it super positive every now and then I'll get a really nasty person. I'm a block away from, from stuff like that because I just now mm-hmm. I cannot allow it to affect my energy. And there are really mean people in this world, unfortunately. Uh, but you mm-hmm. can kind of leave those, like I said, I used to respond to some, some of those things, but it, it, then your energy changes. So now it's yeah. just a block or it's a mute and I move forward. Uh, because yeah. I think at the end of the day, our intentions are good. My intentions are good. When I'm on social media, when I tweet something for work, when I tweet a picture of myself with my dog, it's all love there. So it's like, you know, yeah. if, if you want to come at us and you want to be mean, well, then maybe you're not going to see my page next time. So that's a block. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. And sorry. Sorry about it. And it's funny. I had a couple of colleagues say to me, there was someone specific and I can't honestly, at this point, I can't remember even what they said or did. And I said, should I block this person or mute them? And they said, mute them, you know, block makes it seems like they bothered you and muting them. They can like yell into the universe. But then I thought about it, you know, for women though, it's a little bit different. Like the blocking, I think for us becomes just a really important tool that nobody should be afraid to use. If someone makes you uncomfortable, trust your gut, block them, move on. That's and they it. can't ever see your information again. So, yeah. Um, listen, I don't think I'm any more imp- important than the next person, but mm. my mental health and my happiness is important to me. So, shoot, you're you're not getting in there with that bad energy. Block block you, and you don't get to see my stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about you. Now you go bother somebody else who's probably going to block you. So that's fine. Go about go about your business. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, 
Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Um, so kind of a, a little bit, maybe not along these lines, but kind of transitioning a little bit. What is a misstep that you've been seeing women making coming into the industry? And maybe how has that changed over the last several Ooh, years? Tough question. Um, I, my initial reaction is to not think they're good enough and deserving. Mm-hmm. Don't ever think so that. True. You are exactly mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be because for a reason. And mm-hmm. your confidence should, I, I know confidence comes from demonstrated ability and reps, but you're mm-hmm. there for a reason and your journey the universe has placed you there for a very specific reason. So own it and go for it. Um, and don't, don't doubt yourself. I think that's probably the biggest thing, like a little bit of self, self, uh, self doubt that creeps in for women, especially in the nuances of their career. Um, just own the moment and don't, don't worry about, you know, there's a, there's a book I love called the four agreements, um, by Don Mc- Oh, yeah, my it favorite. Is. It's the best. Um, so you know, don't make assumptions, always do your best, all those good things. Um, and don't make assumptions about what other people, th- what other people think of you. It, it's, it's mm-hmm. so important to be reminded of those things because when you're young in this industry, it's hard and you do need mm-hmm. reps and you do need to build your confidence, but you're there for a reason. And I would say, remember that. I'm so glad you brought up the four agreements. Um, I talk about on this podcast a lot. And as long as we are talking Mm -hmm. about the four agreements, and I think this is an important one, and it kind of leads me to my next question, is the don't take things personally. Don't take things. And with that in mind, uh, did you ever receive a criticism early on that was hard not to take personally, but was actually really Well, I was told once uh, it sounded too Canadian. So I don't know if that's a criticism, but... uh... (laughs) Well, that's just... That's just I, silly. I, I, I'm joking about it. It was, we had a good, the guy, we had a good laugh o- over it, but uh, I'm uh-huh. like, I, I, I don't know really how to sound less Canadian, but I did work on it a little bit. Um, I'm a proud I mean, Canadian. Yeah, you know, um, you should as well. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> I think criticism um, is really important when it's constructive and I think we should all uh-huh. receive it. Um, you know, for me, when I started in the NFL, I wasn't good at all. I was thrust into the studio. I had never hosted and I, I knew that I wasn't good. And so I started, you know, and, and did people come up and say, you're horrible? No. But did I get as many opportunities? No. So it it was Mm -hmm. upon, it was, it, it, it was on me. It was necessary for me to recognize that and understand it. Mm -hmm. And how do I change this? How do I fix this? So Mm -hmm. I did that. Um, you know, I've always appreciated great coaching and it's everything down to a report you might do in a basketball game as a sideline reporter. I remember doing a report once and my boss at ESPN that I loved who oversaw men's college hoops was, he called me and he's like, great job on this, great job on this, which I think great coaches and leaders, they always tell you the good and say, Hey, Mm -hmm. any coach I've ever had at the highest levels, like that was amazing. That was amazing. Let's clean this up a bit. So I did this report on this player and I'll leave names out of it, but, um, he had an injury and I explained what he was going through before I got to the actual injury. And I learned Mm -hmm. right then and there because of the great conversation I had with my boss, like, Hey, I need the injury right away. 
then give me the details. Little things like that, where Mm -hmm. you receive that coaching and you're better. Every report thereafter is better. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, um, I mean, when I was at ESPN, actually, Tracy, we took interviewing seminars by the great John Sawatsky and these were mandatory seminars, whether you believed in the theory and the philosophy or you didn't, they were so instrumental in my career in learning how to interview people, how to build interviews, how to ask proper open-ended questions and build those questions. Those are things that I will cherish for the entirety of where I'm at now, because had I not had those experiences, I don't do my job as well at the stage. So um, mm-hmm. I've always been just sort of a sponge to a hey, feedback is good. Good feedback is important, but critical feedback is equally important. Yeah. Well, you probably learn more totally from the critical feedback, but the good feedback is important too. Cause it, we all, you know, also need, need how a about you? How too. about you? Like what, what is, I'm, I'm just curious as we're on this topic because sure. What, where, where were you? Cause you're so good at what you do. Where were you, you know, at a certain point where it was like, there was something a little off that you needed to work on or fix? Well, so my journey is interesting. I, um, I covered sports at the University of Michigan. I wrote for the Michigan Daily and that was, and I, and I did in high school. So that was a lot of my journalism experience. And after college, I worked at, at Fox Sports behind the scenes and then went on to do other things. So when I came back to sports, it was when I started Fangirl. And I started Fangirl at first covering the 49ers. And the first year, it was just me covering the team the second year they credentialed me, uh, which was, which was amazing. Awesome. And I definitely like, had to prove myself, but they credentialed me the second year, which was truly incredible. But that was really since college, my first beat and my first beat was in the NFL. So I remember my first few press conferences. And I think I can say this now. I don't know if this would be a shock. I don't think I said a <laughs> word. Like, I don't think I said anything because it took me and talking about kind of, you deserve to be there. There was also a party that was like, well, I certainly shouldn't be asking questions. I'm just lucky yeah. to be here. And that took some time. Um, and I remember ah. Chip Kelly was the coach at the time. And I remember the first time I asked a question, he kind of looked at me like, she speaks. He didn't yeah. say that. But I see he was like, where did that voice come yeah. from? And um, that took me some time. I think, though, I will say that was valuable mm-hmm. because – it was my first beat and it was an N- well, my first beat since college. So in college, I, I had done this, but it was an NFL beat, an NFL team. And I think it was valuable for me to take a couple months and go to press conferences and see the kinds of questions that were asked. Is there kind of like who asked what? Like I, these kinds of things were actually really helpful for me. But I would say if I could go cool. back, I would say to myself, you've got this because I can't tell you how many times. I thought of a question and then thought, oh, that's dumb. And then someone asked the exact question. Women. I don't know how you feel about this, but I do feel like while we cover, we cover really, although I love seeing the women in the league, the female coaches Mm -hmm. and officials, and we cover obviously a very alpha male dominated industry, but Mm -hmm. they love talking to us. They really do. I I think we bring out a more sensitive side sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, because we bring that to the table with the emotion that we have. And, you know, I always, I get a kick out of when people say we're too emotional. Well, guess what? Women and men are different and we have different emotions and it's okay to be an emotional person. I think we've like put a stigma, Tracy, on so many things in our world 
and put like mm-hmm. labels on them that it's bad for a female to tear up. Well, what if a man tears up? You, you know, like it's, it's very endearing when emotions come out of people and especially with some of these incredible men that mm-hmm. we cover and women um, that we cover who have stories beyond what they do on a field you know, um, cause we're all people, we're all people at the end of the day. Like we forget that, you know? So yeah, good for you though. I think that's awesome. Thank you. And I want to kind of lean into what you said, because I think kind of like what I was going back saying earlier about the hairdryer and the makeup and all that, it's okay to lean into being female and having that energy and it not being a male energy. That is okay. Yep. And it's actually an advantage in a lot of ways. And I think it's, it's really helpful. And I mean, I think a lot of us on the Niners beat felt it. And of course, now who knows what will happen. But at the end of the season and Jimmy Garoppolo's, in theory, last press conference with, you know, the local media and even his press conference after the NFC championship game, he was you could see was a little emotional. It's been he'd been on this team for years. He's had friendships. He's built a life there. And it's it's kind of you know, it's a tough thing. And in some ways you could even argue kind of an unfair thing. He didn't really do anything wrong. So, and then for us covering him, I mean, I have to say like, it was, I really have liked covering Jimmy. He's been a joy to cover. He always answers a question. He's a good person, all of that. And it was like a little, for me, I was like, I feel a little emotional. Like I, it's that you're saying goodbye to someone and that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make me biased towards Jimmy. It doesn't mean I can't do my job. But I'm saying goodbye to somebody that I've known for five years and have covered on a daily basis since October of 2017 and have developed a relationship with. And there's something to be said for that. There's no question. We become very linked to these people because they're people. And he is, Jimmy is a dream to cover. Um, I root for him. I root for him in such a big way. I root for the, the, the nicest people. He is so nice. It's absolutely amazing. And yeah. To be that kind of a person, and you know, he's obviously really handsome too. That, but, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, he is—he is such a nice person, and he is so eloquent with the media. For as much as he's been through with the organization and the doubters out there, he just root for somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo. And there are so many men like that, players like that in the league, um, that you just can't help but root for. And I'm like you, I—I I cover certain teams more than others, but as you do that, you build relationships with players like Devonte Adams going to the Raiders and leaving green Bay. Cause I cover the Packers so much was like really sad for me, but you're so happy for the opportunities for the, that they have for the, themselves and their families and to go make another team better because you're that good. It's really cool. But mm-hmm. we get so invested in this, in this league. Like I love this league. I love the players and the coaches and I love the relationships that you can build along the way. Yeah, that's and that's a big part of it. Building relationships is this business. And I think this brings up a good point in that building relationships, you build relationships, you don't build them to get something you don't build them so that one day you can be able to go to somebody and get the inside scoop, you build relationships. And that will naturally happen if you're an authentic person who actually cares human to human. Uh, So I think that's kind of an important point to, uh, to bring up and to put a little bit of a, maybe a bow is a strong term on the, what we were talking about before, you know, is that as time went on, I did start asking questions. And I think season after season after season, they're more and more and they get tougher and tougher. And I've had people say to me, like, it's been fun to watch you kind of like blossom over the last several years. So to speak, that like they get, you know, that they, 
they get good. But just remember, like, you're, if you're there, you deserve to be there. Yes. So. And the thing about you, Tracy, and I knew this as soon as I met you, you have incredible energy. Oh, thank and you. And you, you really do. It's like you light up a room. And okay. I love your okay. questions. I'm like, damn, that was a good question. Good job. Like you thank ask you. really insightful questions and you ask them really introspectively. So I think you're outstanding and it's, it makes covering a team easy because when you do what you do, it helps everybody else in the room too. That's the other thing about beat that people need to know Uh is we're all in this together. You may be in a market that is, that has competing interests, whether you are at one publication or you're at one newspaper, um, you know, company, or you're at one television network but we're all getting the same information. We all just might tell Mm -hmm. it differently, but we're all in it together. When we're on a zoom call and there are 20 reporters on there and we're all asking questions, we're all extracting that information. So Mm -hmm. it's like one big team that is Mm -hmm. tackling one press conference. And Uh then how are we going to tell those stories differently? Right? So that's the way I see it. When I go into any team that I cover in the NFL and, uh, I think it's a glorious thing if we could all embrace that instead of all having this sort of animus to compete against each other, if that makes sense. It totally does. And I'm thinking back in December of 2019, the Niners played the Saints. And if you remember that game, it was a very exciting game. Came down to the end. George Kittle took like half the Saints with them down to the end. It was amazing. Yeah. And Emmanuel Sanders threw a touchdown pass in that <laughs> game. And and it was, it, was, it was amazing. So towards the end of Jimmy's press conference, I said to him, what did you think? of Emmanuel's touchdown pass and he said he's like oh I didn't see it because I was blocking and for those of you listening not watching he put in quotes blocking it it was really funny and it <laughs> led to this super fun answer and after like a bunch of people came up to you they're like thank you for that that was like gold but yeah that we are all there together and that's okay yeah that is and that and we sh- it should be that way we yeah. want to help each other we all get better stories out of it and like you said we will all tell it in a different way that's exactly correct. And we all have a different writing style and we all have a different pr- presentation style on television, on podcasts, on interviews, whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Cause we're all different. And yes. like, I, I love the NFL beat everywhere because it helps me actually prepare as well. Not only mm-hmm. do I study the teams and the players and the coaches, but I, I study what people write because yeah. We all are in it together. And guess what? There's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of different perspectives that could make my perspective better. You know, just just on a regular day of television, any day of the week could be a Wednesday and I'm doing NFL now. I'm assigned to a, I call them my point guard. They're a member of our newsroom and they are basically the news conduit between me and the producers of the shows and the directors. So every morning... I get an assigned set of hits for the day, report times, and I am assigned to my point guard. And I love my point guards, Tracy. I love them I because love I'm like, yeah, I, I, they want my, they want, what do you want to talk about, Dales? I'm like, well, here are some ideas. Then I'm like, what do you think? You're in the newsroom. You cover the NFL too. You may not be the one who sends the information out, but you know a lot. You have favorite teams. You know the storylines. Let's collaborate what am I missing here? So Mm -hmm. it's the beauty of, of, you know, we get to stand on this platform and tell the story, but there's a whole process like we talked about that goes into it. And how do you make it the best, most polished version by the time it hits air? 
And so there's a whole team of people that help do that. 100%. And I want to go back to something else you said when you really feel like there aren't any dumb questions. And I agree with that. Because the other thing we have to remember is we can't quote ourselves. So sometimes I have to ask Kyle Shanahan a question that feels like a very obvious answer, but I can't quote myself. I need to quote Kyle. He needs to be the one to tell me the answer. So that's another thing for all of us to remember, especially for those people who are just starting out and like, is this a good question? Is it not a good question? They're all good questions. If it's a question that you have, yeah. it's a good question, feel free to ask. Totally. It. And you learn with trial and error. And you learn with the people you cover. If you ask it in what kind of way, are you going to get the best answer and that kind of thing? But that's all part of the learning and the rest. Yeah. Chances are, if you're thinking it, somebody else is thinking it too. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, so a little bit on, I guess it's not entirely on this line, but a little bit, I want to go through a day in the life of Stacey Dales and I, it can pick, you can pick whatever you want it to be. It could be a, a day of NFL. Now it could be a game day that you're covering or whatever, but I'd love to kind of go through a day in the life so people can hear what it's really like. Yeah. How about I do a day in the life of a game, just the game, like the, the weekend of the game. So Saturday, Sunday. Um, Okay. Perfect. Because. It is a marathon. It's a marathon. By the time you uh, you think about availability from, it's not only just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday now, where the quarterbacks, the head coach, and all the, the you know the trickle down of you know the defensive players, etc. Mm-hmm. But Mondays they talk. Sunday after the mm-hmm. game they talk. Monday they talk. Tuesday's really the only off day in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So you think about all of that, and then you get to the weekend. I ensure that I have everything done, Tracy, by Friday at four o'clock. Like I need to have all my transcriptions done, all my stories so that really by Saturday, it's just travel for me. So fast forward to Sunday morning. I am up on average at about four in the morning. Um, I'm into right, right into hair and makeup. I am at the stadium an hour and 15 minutes early ahead of our show. So our game day morning is a four hour live show. It starts at uh, nine Eastern, eight central, um, obviously on the West coast. uh, It's very early. So fortunately I'm in the central time zone, but (laughs) if I'm doing a Packers game, I am up at three 34 in the morning on my way to Starbucks at the stadium ahead of our 8 a.m. start time by 7.45, roughly. Get coffee mm-hmm. for the crew, whoever wants it, breakfast. And I'm there. And I've got about 10 reports on average um, mm-hmm. throughout the course of our morning, including digital hits, our obviously game day morning hits, and could be anywhere from 6 to 10 reports. And then kickoff, press box, 3-hour, 15-minute game, they run the ball, might be a little faster. <laughs> Post game, fourth quarter, down on the field, waiting for that one-on-one interview that is a joy to me. When I do interviews post-game, it is my favorite thing because yeah, the passion that oozes out of these players after a win, losses are hard in the NFL because it is a violent game and it is, a, it, it is an emotionally draining game. But getting that guy on the field is just something else for me. And the opportunity to get to do it, I never take it for granted. So that happens. And then sometimes press conferences for me, sometimes were cleared, but it is then getting myself home. By the time I finish my day from my 4 a.m., let's say, wake up to the 8 o'clock time that I'm finished, that is a shoot. How many hours is that? 
that is a sixteen-hour. It is, and that's is that right? Did I do that right? It, yes. It yeah, is. and it could be a flight. I could be somewhere mm-hmm. and be flying home on Sunday night, taking the latest flight out. Um, mm-hmm. So it can be anywhere from a fifteen to a if I have a Bears home game, a 15, fourteen, fifteen-hour day to a sometimes eighteen-hour day. Um, and the only okay. thing I want at the end of it is a piece of pizza, maybe a few. Yes. So I totally agree yeah. with that. Uh, I totally get that. I used to, I'm based in Los Angeles and I used to fly up morning of the game and I stopped doing that because I was like, this is, why am I doing this? Like it, it makes such a difference to, even if I have to get up just as early to get up wherever I'm supposed to be, uh, because they are very long days. And I'm glad you went through that because again, it's not just the glamour of what you see on TV. There's a lot that goes into it. And I just think that's important to remember when you said green bay by the yeah. way i had a visceral reaction i just got cold because of that playoff <laughs> game it was so cold that day and it was so funny you just said the words green bay and i was like yeah i'm freezing it's, it's just always funny. cold there it actually snowed on easter in green bay i think this year and um that's the other part of it we're in inclement weather often which is okay i am canadian so i you know there is a a layer of toughness that I bring to the table, I think. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. There definitely is. And I remember you on the day of that Green Bay game. Um, and I was like, that she's tough. And I learned from you. I saw you. I think you posted like all the different layers. And I was like, this is the direction I'm going to need to start oh, going. Yeah. going. This is this is how we have to do this. Um, Stacey, this has been awesome. I just love talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you forever endeavor endeavor um so i'll definitely have to talk to you again and we'll get you on the tracy sandler show for sure but before i let you go okay. we have to do five fun facts with stacy uh, which is i think i think you know something i do with the niners or niners players is how this started um and we do it on video and they get to share things about themselves but on this show we ask everybody the same five questions every week so without further ado five fun facts with stacy okay stacy what's your favorite moment in sports Favorite moment in sports, like any sport, any sport, any moment, anything that just jumps out at you. I know it's, it's that's a tough one. Oh, I don't. Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Um, probably when the Blue Jays won the World Series in back to back years, and Joe Carter and Dave Winfield, and that was like I was obsessed with them. Um, I would. I I don't know if that's a moment, but like. I, I have a Joe Carter um, piece of artwork in my basement where I have my like little home gym. And I just was obsessed with that team growing up in Canada. I love the Blue Jays and I love that moment. I would say the other one is when um, Michael Jordan, I was like a diehard Michael Jordan fan, won his sixth um, NBA title um, when nobody thought it would happen. I think it was the sixth and I watched all of them and I loved all of them, but I think he has six, and I think the last one was my favorite. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. What is your life motto? Oh, many of them. Uh, it's. I would just say pretty simple. Um, everybody is fighting a battle. Um, so, be kind. I would say mm-hmm. be kind. Yeah. It's a good one. What is your go-to workout? Peloton obsession. Absolute Peloton. There are days when I could be one ride, two rides, maybe even squeak a third ride in at some point, but I love it. We'll have to trade handles. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't ridden it in so long. I've been very into bar methods, so you can get me back on that. Okay. I I got you. 
Uh, what is your go-to coffee order at that at that Starbucks that you mentioned earlier yeah. or anywhere? Um, go-to coffee order is a medium. I grande is a little too, you know, souped up for me, but it's a medium grande, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Dark roast with a shot of espresso and a oh. little bit of light cream. Oh, that sounds delicious. And a book every woman should read. Anything Brene Brown, I would say. And the four agreements, everybody, male, female, child, adults, everybody should read any, any other, any, everybody should read the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I actually think after this conversation, I'm going to reread it. It's a quick read and I love reading it it every time. And one other one I would add is the mastery of love by Don Miguel. Oh, okay. And it's all about how to find love and not have to seek love from other people. It's about learning how to love yourself first. And that's why it's called the mastery of love. It's also a quick read and he is just a sensational ray of light. So anything Don Miguel Ruiz, I would recommend. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Stacey. It's been such an honor. Thank you for having me. And um, I would say, uh, as we just wrap up, I'm just touched that you wanted me to come on and be a part of this. And hopefully maybe there's one thing that I shared today that can help somebody. I think there's a lot that you shared today that can help people. And I mean, you've already honestly helped me. So um, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for the kind words you said earlier. I, I respect so much you and the job that you do. So I really appreciate it. If you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online, And with that, I'll talk to everyone next week. Bye all. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.